We're looking at stress again tonight. The key to stress control. I suggest to you a very simple, simple and obvious fact, and that is that the matter of stress control is dependent not merely on the amount of stress, but on the amount of the power to deal with it. A little stress can be fatal if there's nothing to deal with it. A large amount of stress can be met if there is strength to deal with it. God is developing a group of people who will go through the greatest period of stress that the world has ever seen. Daniel foretold it, the 12th chapter of his book. There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. But at that time thy people shall be what? Delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. The great purpose of the threefold message of Revelation 14 is to develop a people who can deal with stress. Unprecedented stress. And so it is written, here is the patience of the saints, here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. They're patient, they endure, they do not wilt, they do not faint, they do not fail. They have the faith of Jesus, the faith of Jesus. Now, the fourth chapter of Ephesians tells us God's program to get his people ready. The eighth verse says, When he, that is Jesus, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Have you received your, your gifts, your presents? Eleventh verse. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now will you read with me, please, the 14th verse, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. God has a program to get his people ready that they won't be carried about with every what? Wind of doctrine, the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So the program to resist stress is a program of receiving the gifts of God. The seventh verse says, Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That's immeasurable. God has gifts for you and me. He wants us to have them. May I suggest, friends, that in the Bible... God has given us a revelation of his will, which if we study it and accept it and believe it, receive it, it will keep us from all the stresses around us. But to be of any value for us, that book must be of unquestionable authority. Unquestionable authority. Let's see if I have a bill in my pocket. Yes, I've got a dollar bill. In fact, I have a five-dollar bill. Yes, and here's a twenty-dollar bill. I am a rich man, am I not? Twenty-dollar bill. Now, suppose I give this to Brother Wilson. He's a rich man now. But suppose... Pastor Fenneman gets to looking at that, and he's an expert in being a bank teller or something like that, and he looks at that, and he says, Brother Wilson, I think what he gave you is a counterfeit. Now how rich is he? 
Hmm? How rich is he now? He's only worth ten dollars now, isn't it? Well, what would you give him for it if it's a counterfeit? Nothing. You don't know a bargain when you see it, do you? You see, it's either all or nothing, isn't it, friends? It's either genuine or counterfeit. It's either true or false. And that is the way with every message coming, claiming to come from God, my friends. It is either all to be depended upon, or else it is to be rejected as a counterfeit, a base counterfeit. It would be too bad to counterfeit a money note of the United States government, but that's child's play compared with the crime, the base crime, of pretending to have a message from God. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he said that he had met with God up there. When Daniel wrote his books, his book, he said he saw visions of God, he saw the angels of God, he saw the Son of God, and that what he wrote down was what they had told him to write. Is that correct? When John wrote the book of Revelation that closes the sacred canon, we find him telling again and again of his interviews with Jesus and with Jesus' angel, Gabriel. Now, those men who wrote the Bible, my friend, either told the truth or they were base liars. There is no neutral ground. It is these gifts that God has put in his church to make us able to meet stresses. When we read the promises of God, whether we read them in Genesis or the Psalms or in Daniel or Zechariah, or Matthew, or Peter, or Paul? What are we reading? If God is speaking in this Bible, we are reading the word of the living God, and that has in it power to meet any stress, my friend. Think of promises like this. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41.10. But if all I get out of that is that that's the way Isaiah saw it. This was his view of God. My friends, that's awful to offer that to a poor sinking soul, isn't it? Isaiah's idea. Isaiah's been dead, lo, these 2,500 years and more. What? What avails it to give to a dying soul, a sick heart, a diseased experience? But oh, if Isaiah, although he's dead now, if when he was alive, if what he said, wrote down is true, if he saw visions of God, if God gave him the message, if what he wrote was the word of the living God, then, friends, that word is still quick, powerful, living, and full of Help for every sinking soul. You see, then, the power to meet stress depends upon whether or not I find this word to be what it claims to be, the word of the living God. It all hinges there. And the greater the crisis, the more important it is. The greater the stress, the greater must be the power to deal with that stress and into the crisis in which we are now entering and will increase. Oh, that God may help us to have all the power of the living word of God. Now, I want you to notice these gifts. He gave some apostles, Peter, John, James, Matthew, others, prophets, <coughs> From Genesis to Revelation, these wonderful gifts of prophecy, Moses, Samuel, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and all the rest. The New Testament prophets, Peter, Paul, John, James, Jude, all wrote by inspiration. 
In fact, the apostle Peter tells us, turn over please to Peter's epistle. First chapter of Peter, second Peter. Second Peter, the first chapter, in the 21st verse. The prophecy came not in old time, the margin says at any time, by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Is that true or false? Well, it's one or the other, pray. One or the other. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I can read the words of the prophet and I can preach the words of the prophet. And when I bring you the words of the prophet, I'm bringing you, this says, what men wrote that were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. I believe that, friends. Therefore, I can meet the stresses. But if I didn't believe it, I'd be confused and terror-stricken as I view conditions in the world today. What about you? Jesus foretold our time. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Luke 21, 25, and 26. But God's people are not terror-stricken. When these things happen, Jesus says, Look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. The very things that are filling the hearts of men with fear are the tokens of our deliverance, omens of the coming king. Why? Because we believe the Bible. It's that simple. We believe the Bible. It's that simple. Now, I cannot read your heart, friends, and I do not know the stresses of your experience. People who are in medical work have many stresses to deal with, whether they're physicians or nurses or whatever. Dealing with the problems of men, physical, mental, and spiritual, brings many stressful situations. But God intends that every one of his medical missionaries shall be able to meet with stress because he is anchored in this book and knows the promises and believes them and finds them true in his own experience. So with parents in the home, teachers in the school, and all of us in the various experiences of life, this is the most stress-ridden generation of the ages, right? But out of it, God is developing a group of people who can meet winds of hurricane force and it won't move them a bit. Why? Because they're anchored in the word of God. Aren't you glad? But now let us notice this very beautiful and practical point. This Bible, which was written by men that were filled with the Holy Ghost, tells us that in the last days God will have a church particularly designated as the remnant who will not only keep the commandments of God but will have this gift of prophecy. Turn to Revelation, the 12th chapter and the 17th verse. Who is the dragon this verse tells about? Satan. He's what? He's raw. Sometimes he roars, friend. But sometimes he's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. But whichever he is, he's trying to devour the flock. He's trying to destroy the church. Together read, please. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And what is the testimony of Jesus? Revelation 19.10 tells us it's what? Spirit of prophecy. Is it, friend? Is the testimony of Jesus the spirit of prophecy? What's the spirit of prophecy then? Testimony of Jesus. Was it the spirit of Christ that spoke through Isaiah and Daniel? Was it the Spirit of Christ that spoke through Peter and Paul? Yes. And so the whole Bible is the testimony of Jesus. But in these latter days, that testimony of Jesus is to speak again because this talks about the remnant of her seed. What's the remnant? Can you get anything past the remnant? No, that's the last. The last act in the drama, the last end of the church. Oh, I'm so glad that God has seen fit 
to put in his book this wonderful promise. And there are others like Joel 2 and Acts 2 and other places where God speaks of the restoration and manifestation of the prophetic gift in these last days. And notice these gifts are to keep the people of God from being tossed about and driven by every wind of doctrine. You know why it keeps them? Because they believe it 100%. But back to my illustration with the $20 bill. I ask again, suppose that it's a counterfeit, then what? How much is it worth? Not worth a nickel. Not worth a penny. And the manifestations of the gift of prophecy in this movement are either the testimony of Jesus' friends or they are a base counterfeit. A base counterfeit. How shall we know? Let's turn to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Beginning with the 15th verse. What's the first word? Beware. What's that mean? Look out. Take care. Watch. Don't swallow everything. Don't accept everything. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by what? Their fruits. So how do we know a prophet, either true or false? By what? By the fruit. What is the fruit? The fruit, my dear friend, don't miss it, is the result that happens in the lives of those who accept that prophet's writing. Do people who accept the Bible as the word of God and follow it, do they bear good fruit? you believe that? What about the people who accept the writings of the modern manifestation of the gift of prophecy? Does that bear good fruit or bad? Do you know? Have you accepted it in your life? What kind of fruit do you find it bringing? Does it build confidence in the Bible or lack of confidence? Does it build confidence and loyalty to the law of God or disobedience and disloyalty? Which does it do? What about the great health program that God has given his people through this gift of prophecy? Is that good fruit or bad fruit? Has it done anything for you? Is there anybody here tonight that can testify that you have found in the gift of prophecy in the writings of Ellen White, a way of life in health lines that you know has done great things for you physically. May I see your hands? Thank God. Thank God. I wonder how that happened. I tell you, friends, the devil is not in that business. But oh, far more important than any physical health, far more important than any successful way of life, is what this gift has done in leading people to Jesus and giving them a deep, sweet, settled peace. Ah, oh, but somebody says, I know somebody that reads the testimonies all the time, but doesn't make them happy. Yes, I'm sorry to say I meet some people like that too. I've even seen some people that read the Bible and didn't make them happy. But I'm not going to toss my Bible away because everybody doesn't find happiness in it. Would you? No. I've even known of people that got sick eating food. But I'm not going to quit, are you? No. No. Whenever anybody gets sick eating food, friends, it's because they need help in proper selection or for some other reason it can be ascertained. The answer is not to quit eating the food. It's to get help in knowing how and when to eat it. And so it is with the Bible, and so it is with the spirit of prophecy. Let me assure you that there is an answer to every man or woman's problems in this matter. I want to read you something interesting from volume 5 of the Testimonies, page 675. Satan has ability to suggest doubts and to devise objections. Satan has ability to do what? Suggest doubts. And to devise objections to the pointed testimony that God sends. And many think it a virtue, a mark of intelligence in them, 
to be unbelieving and to question and quibble. Those who desire to doubt will have plenty of room. If I want to doubt, will God let me doubt? I wonder why he does that. Don't you wish he'd make everybody admit it? No, he won't. He won't make any, everybody admit it any more than he'll make everybody do it. I'm so glad God left my will free. I can choose. And that choice relates not merely to my actions, but to my beliefs. God will not force my muscles, neither will he compel my mind. God does not propose to remove all occasion for unbelief. He gives evidence which must be carefully investigated with a humble mind, and all should decide from the weight of evidence. God gives sufficient evidence, but he who turns from the weight of evidence because there are few things which he cannot make plain to his finite understanding will be left in the cold, chilling atmosphere of unbelief and will make shipwreck of faith. Isn't that too bad? Tell me, do you understand everything in this Bible? Do you believe it? Or do you just believe the part you can understand, agree with? Ah, oh, friends, I thank the Lord I believe the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I need it all. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm thankful for that living word. And I'm finding that as I keep studying it through the years, it gets sweeter and better and richer to my soul. I'm planning to take a million years course in Hebrews under Paul. I'd like a million years with Isaiah, the man that wrote it down. Oh, I'd like to spend a long time with Daniel, wouldn't you? And there's enough in here to keep them busy talking and explaining and keep me busy all through those years. And there'll be plenty of time. We won't run out. But I believe it all tonight, just as I believe it then, because it is the word of the living God. Do you ever find any problems in the writings of the spirit of prophecy? Oh, I do. I could give you a list of them. But friends, the same problems that are in the writings of the Spirit of Prophecy are in the Bible. Exactly the same. Show me one problem, one question, one quibble about the writings of Ellen G. White, and I will produce a similar one in the Bible. And that does not mean that I question either one. It means that I believe both because I hear Jesus speaking. I hear Jesus speaking. Well, somebody says, hasn't, haven't there been evidence that some things are copied? Yes. Did you know there were some things in the Bible that were copied? Did you know that? If you compare Kings and Chronicles, you'll find out that one copied from the other. I don't know which copied from the other one, but one copied. You'll find that as you read Kings and Chronicles. If you read Matthew and Mark and Luke, you'll find verse after verse in many of the chapters that's either exactly the same or almost the same. Did they copy? Must have. Does the Holy Spirit confine himself? No. The Holy Spirit is perfectly willing for the prophet to use truth wherever found. The important thing is not whether the prophet that wrote it down originated it. The important thing is whether it's truth that originated with Jesus. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. A few days ago I got this precious bit of um, comment it's from my dear old friend Elder W.C. White. He's sleeping now. But he wrote this in 1933. Listen carefully, you'll enjoy this. This is a statement that he made regarding the writings of Ellen White in 1933, speaking of his mother, the prophetess. In her early experience, when she was sorely distressed over the difficulty of putting into human language the revelations of truth that had been imparted to her, 
she was reminded of the fact that all wisdom and knowledge comes from God, and she was assured that God would bestow grace and guidance. She was told that in the reading of religious books and journals, she would find precious gems of truth expressed in acceptable language and that she would be given help from heaven to recognize these and to separate them from the rubbish of error with which they were sometimes associated. I think that's marvelous, dear friend. Let me read that last sentence again. She was told that in the reading of religious books and journals, she would find precious gems of truth expressed in acceptable language, and that she would be given help from heaven to recognize these and to separate them from the rubbish of error with which they were sometimes associated. Praise the Lord, dear friends, for the gift of inspiration. You see, inspiration is not a matter of God dictating by the Holy Spirit the words as an executive dictates to a secretary. No. In the Bible, we see the prophets being given visions and then left, aided by the Holy Spirit, to pick out the words themselves that they use to describe these things. And God has used many different agencies to communicate his word. The angels have had a part. The Holy Spirit has had a part. The important thing is that the final production is called the testimony of whom? Jesus. The testimony of Jesus. But now I come back to this point, the relation of this to stress. Do you not see, dear friends, that when I read those beautiful promises for the sick and for those who help the sick in ministry of healing, it makes a world of difference to me whether I'm listening to the testimony of Jesus or whether I'm merely reading the ideas of somebody, some human being. Ah, I thank God that I have tested and proven for myself that this is the voice of Jesus to my soul. And therefore, I find peace and help and comfort and assurance in those writings. And I commend to you this wonderful book, the Bible, which is exalted by the Holy Spirit through the writings of the Spirit of Prophecy. And I commend to you the writings of the Spirit of Prophecy for which the Bible calls. Somebody may be thinking, but Brother Fizzi, isn't the Bible enough? Yes, the Bible's enough. In fact, we'll get closer than that. The Ten Commandments are enough. The Bible itself teaches that the Ten Commandments are enough, doesn't it? Ecclesiastes 12:13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Gen from the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is an expansion of the law. And in the writings of the Spirit of Prophecy, we have the divine magnifying glass upon the whole Bible. So, thank God for all the help he's given us. What do you say? Amen. You know, I've thought of it this way, friends. Suppose I get out in these woods somewhere, and I get lost. I'm lost, I don't know where I am. I'm off the trail. And along comes one of these reconditioning guides. Here's me thrashing around out there. Says, Brother Frizzi, it looks like to me you're lost. And I say, yes, I think I am. And this guide says, well, I can get you back on the trail if you'll follow me. Now watch. I say, well, now look here. If I'd stayed on the trail, I wouldn't need you, so I think I'll get along without you now. Would you consider that wisdom? No, you wouldn't. My friends, if God in his mercy has given us a gift to get us back on the track, let's rejoice in it, what do you say? For it leads to the Bible, leads to Christ, leads to obedience to the law, and remember, the fruit of it is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, I'd like to make this very personal, both as it relates to the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. We were talking about this $20 bill, but I'll use another figure of money. 
Anybody have a check in your pocket that's been made to you by somebody else? Got in your pocket tonight? I'm not going to ask you for it. I, you can keep it. But has anybody got a check with you here tonight that somebody's given? There's somebody, all right. Don't be afraid, I won't take it. <laughs> now, what is that check? That check says, pay to the order of John Jones, $50, signed by H.T. Smith. If the bank is good, and if the signature is good, and the man has that money in the bank, how much is that check worth? $50. All right. But my friends, it doesn't do the man that holds it a penny of good until he does what? Cashes it. What does he have to do to cash it? He has to put what on the back of the check? Suppose he'd say, don't miss this. Suppose he'd say, well, now I'm afraid my name isn't good enough. I'm going to put the president's name. <laughs> Will that do? Can he get money that way? How much can he get that way? Not a penny. Whose name does he have to put? His own name. And my dear friends, every promise in the Bible and in the spirit of prophecy is a beautiful check signed by Jesus. But your name is there. Your name. Will you accept it as your own? Will you thank God for it as your own? Will you claim it as your own? Many people in prayer, they keep asking, asking, asking. And you know what that's like? That's like going to the bank cashier and saying, Will you give me $50? Will you give me $50? Will you give me $50? Oh, please give me $50. I need $50. I want $50. Oh, I hope you'll give me $50. If you can't give me $50, at least give me $10. Will that get it? No, it won't get it. What does the bank cashier want? He wants that check. But it isn't enough that the check is made out to you. It isn't enough that it says $50. It isn't enough that it's signed. It must be countersigned by you in order for you to get the money. Am I correct? Will you start taking the promises of God in the Bible and in the spirit of prophecy and accept them as your own? Prove them, my friends. Jesus says, prove me now herewith and see if I'll not pour you out a blessing. Whatever you need, oh, get a promise, get a check. Don't just ask for what you want. Ask for what he promises. Bring your checks to the bank of heaven and believe that God will do all that he's promised to do. What do you say? Thank God for his wonderful love. Oh, if there's anybody here tonight that needs help, either in knowing that the Bible is God's word or in knowing that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus or in knowing how to claim these promises for yourself. Let us help you, my friends. We love you. We want you to be established in the most holy faith. We want you to be able to meet the stresses of daily life, the increasing stresses of tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and be ready to meet the great stresses of the closing conflict and stand with the Lamb on Mount Zion, triumphant over all that the enemy has brought against you. You can be. Shall we send Jesus the word that we want that experience? God bless every soul of you, my dear friends. Now, for just a few minutes, we're going to have a testimony service. And I'd like to have just short testimonies tonight, right to the point. If you have some word of praise to God for his promises, either in the Bible or the spirit of prophecy, that have brought courage and comfort to your heart, just come up and give your word. And after we've done that a little while, we'll sing our closing song, and go home and get a good sleep and be ready for the blessings of tomorrow. But before we go tonight, as somebody here has a word of praise that will bring joy to Jesus and to others. Others can be coming. I came here tonight for various reasons, feeling very discouraged over the events of today. They just didn't go right. And uh, this has come home to me. 
and particularly the words of uh, Brother Wilson a while ago, if we can't go through the daily trials that we have here and now, we won't be able to uh, get into any pioneering work. And uh, I have realized that if I cannot trust God in a daily, everyday way, uh, I can't expect Him to help me when the big troubles come. I want to praise the Lord tonight for making me so rich in His promises. That's right. The other night I was literally in bed, get sort of dozing off going to sleep, worn out, I'd gone to bed late, and somebody came to my house and wanted to talk. And I thought to myself, oh, I know they need somebody to talk to, but right now I am so full of problems and so full of, I want somebody to talk to myself. I don't need to, but we sat and we talked, and I am ever so grateful that not only was I able to possibly help someone who just wanted someone to talk to, but I learned the blessing that there is in helping someone else. Why, sure. And I feel that we need to learn the lesson that we don't have to be perfect in order to be of use to God. I'm so glad for that. That's right. <laughs> hey, listen. Dr. Paulson once observed that a rain trough made of ordinary wood would carry rain off the roof just as well as one made out of silver. <laughs> it is in the right position. Thank you. I sat there and didn't want to say anything, but I'm not going to let the devil steal this testimony. I am so happy, Elder, for being here. I've been listening to your tapes in my room. I'm a patient here. For years I'd heard about Wildwood, and you know, everybody says, state one thing you do is stay away from Wildwood. Not Last quite everybody. <laughs> I won't say <laughs> those that I ran into. <laughs> Last year a man asked me, said, if you'll go to Wildwood, I'll pay your I'll pay the fee up there. I'll take you then. I says, Not me, brother. I've been in four hospitals, I guess, since nineteen seventy four. Last hospital I was in was a VA hospital, and it's a thank God for the VA hospital. But I was there for three months and I've been here now for nine days. And this hospital has done more for me than the VA did in three months. And as a matter of fact, I checked out of there myself. Last about two weeks ago on a Thursday night, I was in bed about three in the morning. And I says, Lord, if you'll just help me find my way and to feel better. And the next day, my wife, about two o'clock, my wife came to me and says, will you go to Wildwood? Says, I've already called. Well, I couldn't say no. And I'm glad I've come. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Pastor Elder Brzee, I know you know me from Chicago. Glad to see you again. I came down here tonight. I know I'm a little nervous and scared, but I'd like to give a personal testimony. I know I gave one in Chicago four weeks ago. I'd been in a mental institution, the same as Brother Hunter, and they wanted to have me committed and everything. I just prayed to the Lord that he would uh, make me well and everything so I could stay home. I was so panicking. God granted me, like, I guess again, an angel blessed me, and I was well for two weeks. And it was just a miracle. And I was so happy for it, but as I, if the things got worse and everything now, now, and I've been seeking for the Lord with more more thought and more praise than I ever knew before. I'm really seeking the Lord. And I found in the last couple of days, like I prayed for true faith and happiness and encouragement. Like I know for the last couple of days, the load's been too heavy. And I found out, I asked the Lord just to carry part of the burden. I found that out this morning. The load felt much lighter. And I'm finding now, and I appreciate the true word and the love of Jesus now than I ever did before. Now I'll let him carry all of it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Something uh, I have a statement from Signs of the Times that uh, ties in with what you were saying mm -hmm. tonight. That the prophets of God spoke less for their own time than for the ages to come, and especially for the generation that would live amid the last scenes of this earth's history. So the struggles the prophets went through and the people went through in the Old Testament or New Testament, I'm sure that they got encouragement from that. But as we read them, and I, I know as I read them, I say, Lord, that's for me today. And I claim them by faith, whether it's in the Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, or in the spirit of prophecy. And I thank God for them. Amen. Isn't it nice to have this man back on camera? We're glad you're here, Doctor. So am I. I wanted to share a little, just a brief, uh, rich spiritual experience that I had last week that I think will mean something to the medical missionaries and the nurses here. 
we were faced with a patient in the clinic that uh, had been to several hospitals and was just suffering. She was a spastic, uh, helpless, pitiful woman who was just had uh, abdominal pain, and, and uh, uh, Gandhi and I kind of thought we knew what the problem was. She hadn't had a bowel movement for several weeks or months, and uh, I, I thought about doing what the other hospitals did, and then uh, I thought maybe we better take care of it right there. And so uh, we started in working on her, uh, just a pitiful, uh, paralyzed, spastic woman who was totally helpless and in pain. And uh, we, we just started working that material out of there, and, and my mind went to a uh, promise, a description in Ministry of Healing, that angels of God love to minister to the most helpless of us. Is that the way it goes? Do you recall that? Uh, just to those words, uh, more or less. And the more, the more we worked there, the richer the blessing became. And then I, I started thinking, you know, angels must feel the same way about us down here, having to come down here and, and work on us. Uh, here we are in filth. Sometimes we don't even appreciate it. Sometimes we resist their efforts. We're contaminated uh, to the core with sin and corruption. And here they are sent from the purity of, of the heavenly courts to work this out of us any way they can. And by the time we got through with that rich experience, it was, uh, we felt like we were in the atmosphere of heaven. And uh, I, I just wanted to share that with you because it was, it was uh, such a beautiful experience for us, the, the ministry of uh, angels to us and us to the helpless. Glad you're here. Certainly appreciated the talk this evening. I didn't know about this message until I'd finished high school. Yeah. And uh, my aunt invited me to their home, and I went to Sabbath school, and they were studying the mark of the beast. <laughs> that was rather strong medicine to start with, but God has many ways of reaching people, and he knew I would be interested in prophecy, apparently. Yes. As I began to study prophecy, Daniel and Revelation and other things in the Bible, I realized that truly... The Bible was God's Word and was meant for me. And once we make that basic decision, everything else falls in its place. I'm so thankful we not only have the evidence of the Bible, but the evidence of science in many ways, and we have seen how science, especially in the field of health and nutrition, has verified the counsels given to us in the spirit of prophecy. And as Elder Frizee said tonight, one of the best evidences or best ways to deal with stress is to claim this firm foundation that God has given us. There's certainly much evidence, more evidence to believe than to doubt. And if we want to believe, we can know that we have a firm foundation on which to build our faith and we can grow day by day into his likeness. And even though these stresses come, we have the promise that we will not be tempted above that which we're able and that God will see us through. In 1940, I met Elder Frizee down in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I had been an Adventist only two years at that time. And uh, through uh, God's leadings, he led me into the field of nutrition rather than going into medicine, and I'm glad ever since. Man said, we have many physicians, but we don't have very many specialists in nutrition. And of course, this is an area now in which we need more understanding. And God has said that advanced sciences shall be taught in our f schools Amen. as a preparation for the last events that are coming upon us. Amen. And as we see people chipping away at the foundations of our faith today, as Elder Nichols said, you can argue about the counsel of the spirit of prophecy, but you can't argue with science because the white rat doesn't talk back to you. Unfortunately, many people will believe science before they will believe these counsels. But if we can show that science verifies these counsels, then they'll believe both. 
Thank it's you. good to see all the now, physicians. Now, Dr. Ed, you're going to speak to us tomorrow night, right? Yes. Don't you all want to hear him tomorrow night? Thank the Lord. We're so glad. You've come all the way from Loma Linda. Dr. Edgerton's with the School of Health at Loma Linda. All right, Sherry. Glad you came home. (laughs) Sister Wirtz is our Director of Nurses now at Eden Valley Sanitarium. She used to be with us here. We're glad she's here for this seminar. It's really nice to be back. Very nice. And I just want to give my testimony tonight um, for Wildwood, you hear a lot of talk. I appreciated this talk very much tonight. You hear a lot of talk about works, 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 and a lot of people think that Wildwood is works-oriented. And um, when I first came here, you know, a lot of things about dress and association and things like that were bombarding me. But I just want to tell you that Wildwood has helped me to see Jesus more clearly than I ever saw him before. And I'm thankful. Very thankful for Wildwood. Thank you, sir. I just want to give my testimony tonight that I'm so thankful for the spirit of prophecy and for the way that Jesus over and over again has revealed his love to me through the counsels in the spirit of prophecy. One thing that I found in my reading is many times as I'm reading, I'll come across a verse that I've read many, many times before and probably memorized as a child. But there in that setting, it's, it's like a frame has been put around it and a light shining on it, and it becomes so much more precious to me, and I'm so thankful. Thank you. Now, when these that have come up have spoken, we have closed our testimony meeting with you. I wasn't going to come up. I had a good excuse. The baby was in my arms, and I was in the mother's room, but he went to sleep right about testimony time. So I, I was impressed that maybe someone else had a problem like I do, and that's of getting discouraged every now and then and maybe hitting a real low like I did this past week. And I opened my Bible and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in First John chapter 1. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Thank you, a few days ago, I was reading in Ministry of Healing, and I read this promise quoted from Isaiah. It says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a light to the Gentiles. I thought, my, what a nice promise. I wonder if that might be for me, too. I knew it was for Jesus. It was a prophecy concerning Jesus. So I got out my indexes and looked it up, see if there was any spirit of prophecy comments. And there were. And it said that that verse was for all who the Lord had called to do a special work. And the Lord has called every one of us for a special work, and I'm thankful for that promise. I'm thankful tonight for the message and the testimony of Jesus that brought my wife and I here 11 years ago, that's kept us here, that's guided our lives, that's been a, a help in innumerable occasions. And I know that this same message is going to lead us home. It's, it's present truth, and, it's, and I'm thankful tonight for all the messages that I've heard from this pulpit that are pure, genuine truth, that have led us to the Bible and to the spirit of prophecy and to our needs. And I know God has many more wonderful things in store for us, but I'm thankful for his grace that helps us bear stress. It's getting us ready for that times that lie ahead, and I want to go through with Jesus. When Elder Brzee handed me this $20 bill this evening, um, I just instinctively looked at it a little more carefully than I used to, because a while back, uh, I had a whole handful of $20 bills. I must have had maybe 30 of them, and I took them to the bank, and the teller was going through them. You know how they go through them real fast? She suddenly stopped, and Filled a one and then went on. So that night, I got a telephone call from an FBI agent. He said, uh, you gave a 20, uh, uh, counterfeit $20 bill to the bank today. I wonder if you, if, where you got it. And well, I really don't have any idea. But I remembered that teller going through those bills, just one right after the other. And she could tell by the feel of that, of that $20 bill, that one, that it was a counterfeit. And so I went back to the bank and got it and looked at it. 
And it was hard to tell the difference. But I could tell the difference when I really got down and started looking at it. I could tell by the feel of it. And the, and the color wasn't quite right. It was just a little bit wrong with it. But, you know, that's motivated me to look at the $20 bills I get. And I, and, uh, I, but I thought about that. That lady knew the, she knew the feel of a phony because she was used to handling the good ones. And she just instantly knew a bad one. Well, I appreciate this sermon tonight. The way for us to know the genuine is to study the genuine. Not every counterfeit that comes along. Thank the Lord for the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. Ah, folks, we're rich people. If the testimony of Jesus is confirmed in us. All right. Now, I'm going to invite you to turn to number 567. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there is mercy with the Lord. There may be somebody here that wants a special blessing that you haven't received. If so, you want to come up here and kneel and ask for a blessing from the Lord, we'll pray with and for you. May I say specifically, if there's somebody here that has doubts concerning the Bible, and you wish that you could have the certainty in your heart, why not come up here and ask God to make that plain to your heart? He says, ask and it shall be given you. There may be somebody here that has doubts, honest doubts, concerning the writings of the spirit of prophecy. Why not come up and, and entreat the Lord to make it plain to your heart, the inspiration? And there may be somebody here that while you believe the Bible and the spirit of prophecy, you're having some problem in your heart, in your life, that you need special help from Jesus on. Come up and pray for yourself and we'll pray with him for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your rich promises to us personally, as though we were the only person in the world. Yes. We claim by faith your word, help our unbelief. As you've said in the Psalms that you send your word and heal them and deliver them from all their destructions, we thank you so much, Lord, for your promise. Be with each one of us. We need you. We thank you for your interest in us. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.